Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, we are in part three. We got one more next week. Um in a series called A Generous Life. It's been on my heart to share this. Um, but before we get started, during our time of praise and worship in first service and then again in second service, it was just reiterated. I really feel God just put something in my heart as we were singing the song, and it's one of my favorites, uh, that you're a good, good father. Don't you just love that song? You know what, he really is. And no matter what kind of father figure you had on the earth, maybe you didn't have one at all or a, or a bad one or even a great one, you know, nothing compares to our heavenly father, amen? But I love that song that says you are perfect in all, I know that part you are perfect in all of your ways towards us. And I want you to know that you can trust God. Amen. He's not only a good father, he's the perfect father. In fact, you're the, he's the only one you can place your complete faith and trust in. He will never let you down. And so that's why it's so important for us to look at the word because the word is his will. It is what he's speaking to our lives and our responsibilities to line our life up with his word and understand because he's a good father, perfect in all of his ways, you may not necessarily like or agree with the word, but if it's from God, you can trust it to be true, amen? And so my hope and my prayer is that anytime we come and minister the word or share with you, you don't take my word, our word for it, you take his word for it. So everything we do, especially on the topic of what we're talking on, resources and finances, and sometimes there's a way we put walls up and I know there's been misuse and abuse. I want you to see everything we talk about in the word of God and then you decide for you and your family what God's speaking through his word because he will never steer you wrong. He will always reveal himself in his word and our responsibility is whether we agree or not or understand or not to get in line with God's word and then his blessings overtake our life, the Bible says. So you can trust him, amen. So we're talking about generosity as a lifestyle, generosity as a core value here at Tree of Life, a core value. Uh, should be the core value of every believer and it should be what we're known for because it's what God's known for because really our life verse for every believer is John three sixteen. for God so loved the world he gave. God is a generous God, a giving father that marks who he is. Generosity marks who he is and really it's what separates Christianity from the rest of the belief systems around the world and in fact we've had an opportunity to travel some different places and my wife and I, we, as you know, just got back from uh, India and one of the things, India is not an open country. In fact, the state that Tree of Life is working in India supporting missionaries, there's an anti-conversion law. It is against the law to share the love of Jesus. People put their lives on the line every single day for the sake of sharing the love of God. But you see so many acts of kindness. You see so many things winning people to Jesus, not because of words that are spoken out of their mouth, but their life being lived in a generous way. In fact, we see things that happen there like uh, we're not uh, doing this yet, but maybe one day, but we're working with an organization that does uh, connect uh, churches and they build orphanages. Uh, so what a great expression of God's love. Uh, homes for girls that have been rescued from the sex trade. Uh, we, we've been a part of seeing different things that happen for schools, for education happening, uh, job training, skill training, uh, so many wonderful things, clinics, hospitals, all from Christians in a closed country that persecute Christians, that try to get them out of there. And you know what, it doesn't happen from the government, it doesn't happen from the Hindus, and it doesn't happen from the Muslims. It only happens from Christians, amen? In, this, in spite of persecution and difficulties and hardships, it is a life of generosity 
that really wins the hearts of people, amen? And so that should be marking our lives, that should be marking this church, and so we're talking about how to line our life up in accordance with the word. So we're taking a look at 1 Timothy, let's go there, six. This is Paul writing to his spiritual son who pastors one of the biggest churches on the planet this day, and he says this, command or instruct those who are rich, there's one of our keywords, rich in this present world, rich meaning having your needs met and then some, not all that you want, but having your needs met, in this present world, hold on to that, we'll get back to it. Not to be arrogant, not to, you know, don't have wrong thinking, uh, and don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, and it is, it changes constantly on the earth. The, the dynamics of economy and stuff is always changing, goes on to say this. But put it in the hope, put your hope in God, who richly provides us everything for our enjoyment, and that right there shatters the teaching and belief that God wants you poor and in, impoverished, and that's a mark of holiness, and how much you love Jesus, he wants you to suffer. Can I say Jesus suffered so you wouldn't have to. And he's provided things that you need not only for you to enjoy, but he's provided things for your enjoyment. But he says, don't enjoy it all yourself, share it with others. So understand that you even have things to enjoy because of his generosity towards you. So shatters that wrong teaching about you know, poverty and all that. Uh, so it goes on to say, command them, instruct them to do good, to be good people, be rich in good deeds. Uh, make sure that you're not only concerned about resources, but your time and what you're doing and to be generous and willing to share. That's where we get our generous life, that word generous with your things. And it goes on to say this. In this way, you'll lay up treasures for yourselves as a firm foundation of the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly alive. And so, Rich, again, is someone who has more than they currently need, and this passage of Scripture is addressing the idea that, listen to me, not that we're trying to get rich, but that we already are. You need to understand that. You realize that no matter what you have, you live in this country, if, if you have Jesus, you have all you need. Come on, can I get an amen on that one? He's more than enough, amen? He's source and provider. So if you have Jesus, you have more than you need, and you have things a lot of people don't have. You, if it's Jesus, we need to share all that. So this is not about getting rich, and I get put off, and I understand people are all skeptical because people in my profession use these messages as a way to get rich. It's not our motivation, we don't give to get. It's our lifestyle, it's who we are, represents and reflects the Father. Now, I get frustrated, I shouldn't do it, I say this all the time, watching some of the things I watch late night TV, and I watched the other night, someone said, the first 1,189 people that sowed a seed of $1,000 and said, this is my favor seed, or seed for favor, God will show triple favor on your life. And I'm like, show me that in the scripture. Anybody. All right? Anybody who lives a generous life, God is going to bless and show his favor. Amen? And so understand that this isn't about getting rich. We already are based on who's in us. Amen? So it's, this is how we are to live our life, not, not what we're trying to do or become. It is who we are. So Paul's speaking to all of us here. And again, because of who we are, where we live, because of Christ, we do fit the definition of rich. And so I want you to understand that we are to do good. It's how we treat others. It's not just about our money be generous, it is about resources, and be willing, have the right attitude, guilt is never a good motivator, and so we need to make sure our heart's lined up with the word. <clears throat> and those who discover this idea of generosity, really, uh, have the time of their life. Can I just say, I know 450 people served to pull off the event last night, and I will guarantee you all of them loved every minute of it. And seeing the videos and stuff, it's just like, that's what it's all about. The little kids, the smiles, the great time. If you ask them all, it was worth everything that they gave to make that happen. It is fun living a life of generosity. It's not a burden, it is a blessing. And it's the joy of our lives here at Tree of Life. Can I just say there's other things that we could do with our time, energy, and resources, but they wouldn't have been as fun as last night. I just 
is going to tell you. And it's because we're impacting people's lives, touching people's lives. And so we exist as a church to be on mission, making a difference, and we work very hard to help other people and to impact their lives. In fact, we work very hard to get what we need. Let me say it this way. We work very hard to get what we need as a church lower and lower so we can do more for others. We do the best we can stewarding so we can invest more in the hearts and lives of people. And so here's what I want us to grab a hold of today. You can see it on the screen that God's blessed us, he's blessed me, made me rich, if you will, with more than I need, not what I want, but more than I need, so I can make an eternal difference in the life of others. And I wasn't necessarily hitting on this point right here when I started the series, but the more I've been studying, the more I've been praying, the more I've been reading, listening, processing, writing, the more I feel that this is really the thing that's been dominating my spirit, man, that we need to see our resources as something as we set up for eternity, that we used to set up for eternity. We need to have an eternal mindset, an eternal perspective, that it all really is to be used to make an eternal difference in the life of others. And that's what a generous life really is all about. That's what the series is all about. And we need to be reminded of that time to time honestly. I mean, we do, because we live in a world that says it's all about you enough. Uh, let's make sure that we have all of ourselves taken care of, and, and we, we have a focus on self, even at other people's expense. And that's kind of the mindset and the culture of the world. But understand that we're blessed for an eternal purpose. And again, you have been a very generous church, and I thank you for that. Um, but it is important to be reminded of this from time to time, that there are so many great opportunities around us to touch lives through generosity, especially in this season, the season that we're in right now. We just hit November 1. So we got holidays coming up. And do you realize it's not always the most wonderful time of the year for everybody? In fact, it's the most difficult time of the year for a lot of people and people that are suffering and struggling and disappointment and heartache. It's also the greatest opportunity for you and I to rise up in generosity and really touch and change people's lives. We have some great opportunities here. We had one last night. 25, over 2,500 people coming through, over 450 volunteers. You saw on the video, Thanksgiving outreach is coming. There's some opportunities there. And then Christmas is right after that. So we have some many great times to really touch the hearts and lives of people through your generosity. And really, again, it's the opportunity for us to really to make some of the greatest impact we can throughout the year. And so that's the attitude we need to have. Listen, we cannot, and I'm not saying that we do, you're a very generous church, but oh, let me say it this way. Okay, so you know, some of you, why it took you so long to become Christians? Because of Christians. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? I mean, if it wasn't for that Christian, I'd have been saved a long time ago, <laughs> right? Christians can be some of the most grumpy, stingiest people on the planet. Then I'll reflect our Heavenly Father, amen? I'm so thankful. We're so thankful for God's generosity extended to us, but sometimes we don't extend it anywhere else. And freely we've received, so freely we must give, and he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, we need to pass it on. But understand that we also need to make sure that our motivation is not just out of guilt, because we have stuff. It's not bad, it's not wrong. And we're not to be guilty, God doesn't want us to be guilty, he wants us responsible. And so we need to also realize that not only can Christians be spoiled brats, if you will, I'll just say it that way, sometimes we can do things motivated by guilt, and that's not God's best either. And really understand if you have something, thank God for it. Don't feel guilty for having it. God gave it to you. But he gave it to you for a reason and for a purpose. It's not for you to enjoy it all. It's for you to enjoy some and share some. Amen? So he gave it to us. You can't help anyone if you don't have more than you need. So God obligates himself to those that are willing to help others. He obligates himself to them to get them more than they need so they can help others. And really, generosity should make uh, all our lives, or uh, mark the lives, rather, of all the Christians, people that call themselves Christians. We should be marked with generosity. And again, you're so generous here. We are really blessed 
do what we get to do. And, uh, but we see that, that blessing uh, all around us, and so let's make sure we're doing what God's called us to do, be a tree of life. And I think this, I, I think that um, one thing that, that marks this church is really the understanding that we're not here to do church just for church people. I mean, if you're looking for a church that's just for church people, you're in the wrong place. We're here to help those that don't know Jesus find them. Amen? We're here to leverage every resource, everything we are and we have for the sake of someone else's eternity. Just like someone leveraged it for the sake of your eternity. I think life is about you coming to Jesus until you come to Jesus and life is about others coming to Jesus. Amen? And so it needs to be a part of who we are. It is, you're doing a great job as individuals and as a church. Let's take a look at this and let me just really kind of hit on what really is rising up in my heart to really get across to all of us during this series. Go back to verse 17 again. Command those who are rich in this present world. Present world alludes to the fact that there's another world. There's a present world and there's a coming world or coming age, uh, something that beyond what we're living in right today. And Paul is saying, I'm commanding you who are rich to live beyond this present world. Be coming world-minded. In other words, there's more to life than this life. And one of the greatest truths that we can live as a person is to realize that there is more to life than this life. Every person whoever faces God one day is gonna be grateful if they embrace the truth that there's more to life in this life. And understand that we all will stand before God one day. You will thank me one day for bringing these truths out for us to live our life by. It says this, we're not to put hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put our hope in God who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. It says this in 18, it goes on to say this in the next verse. Command those who do good to do good, to be rich in good deeds, help other people, and to be generous. So do more, give more, and willing to share with the right heart, that right attitude. Here's our transitional statement in verse 19. In this way, in what way? A lifestyle of generosity. In the way of one who realizes that there's more to life than this present life. In the way to, of one who's focusing on doing more and giving more for eternal purposes. In that way, you'll lay up treasure for yourselves for themselves as a firm foundation to the coming age so you may take hold of the life that is life. So we're taught to give to get, but understand we're not giving to get. That's not our motivation. But here's what we need to realize, and Paul's saying to this to, to Timothy to tell and instruct his church, when you give, you may feel like you're going without something, but Paul says you're not going without something, you're relocating it to someplace else. Right? When we give, well, if I give, I don't have this anymore. And Paul's saying, oh, no, 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 no. You've just relocated resources to the place where it cannot be taken from you. It cannot ever be damaged or rust or go away. It's actually at a much safer place than what you have on this present age. You've just sent it on ahead for the coming age. Amen? And really, eternity is a whole lot longer than this present age. The Bible says life is but a vapor, but a mist. And so Paul's saying, be mindful, do not forget that use your resources for eternal purposes and what you do with them will help you relocate some of them to the coming age, which is a whole lot longer than the life that you live here on the planet. And it's a place where it will last. Lay up treasures is a firm foundation. There is another age, a coming age. And you may say, I don't believe it. But guess what? It doesn't change it. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It is true. There is a day we'll stand face to face before God. And because uh, we'll stand face to face before God, we need to live this life in preparation of the next life. And that's where our struggle lies because we're not taught that. 
Or Todd, I want it here, I want it now, I want it right now. Now God promises to take care of us right now. Seek first the kingdom of God and he'll add those things to your life. But let's be the people that'll be eternally minded and let's relocate as much as we can to heaven for eternal purposes by making an eternal impact here on the earth, amen? And so the way I live, give, serve, act is leverage for a life that is much longer and larger than the life I'm currently living. And the truth that we need to hear the truth is this, that the motivation of a generous life is that there is really more to life. Now listen, Jesus talked about this all the time. Don't take my word for it. Jesus talked about this all the time throughout the scripture. In fact, it was one of his favorite themes if you go study the Bible. Listen, in the New Testament, he talks to his disciples as they're going around and his disciples have gotten rather discouraged. So they came to Jesus, man, we're just, I don't know, it's not working out how we thought, kind of discouraged. And Jesus, interestingly enough, did not address their present discouragement and try and fix that. He refocused them on eternity. He says, don't be discouraged because in my Father's house are many mansions. Come on, every time there was an issue, Jesus would refocus people's eyes on eternity. Do you get that, why? Jesus says, listen, hang in there for this life. I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna take care of you, live for me, things will happen, and you're gonna be hated, persecuted. Hey, hang in there, because great is your reward in heaven. Hang in there, there's a life that matters more than this life. There's a life that's longer than this life. He says, live for the next. This life is preparation for the next life. In fact, Jesus, when you study his teachings, he would say this frequently, great is your reward in heaven. If they persecute you, and they will, Hey, great is your reward in heaven. If they hate you and they will because they hate me, great is your reward in heaven. If they cheat you, great is your reward in heaven. If things don't happen the way you thought they would, great is your reward in heaven. If no one wants to give you the time of day, great is your reward in heaven. If standing up for me causes people to turn their back on you, great is your reward in heaven. Come on, he's always refocusing us on something greater than this present age, and that is the age that is to come. And Paul says, this life is preparation for the next life. Oh, and if we'll get the revelation of that and live that way. And that's living a generous life. Making a difference for eternity in the hearts and lives of people. He said, if you lose everything for my sake, even your life, great is your reward in heaven. Live your life this way. So one of the greatest things we could do is realize the fact that, hey, we are rich. Let's be rich. Let's not work to get rich. Let's be it. We really are blessed when there's so many others that aren't. Hey, we get to live in America, the greatest country on the planet, when so many people don't. We get things others don't get. We get to experience things others never will experience. We get freedoms others will never have. We get to know Christ when there's so many that cannot. We have a responsibility to live our life in a way that we store up treasure in heaven and impact the lives of people around about us. Now, most of us know that, but we don't really, really respond intentionally. Because really, it just sounds good. I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but that's what I want to live. That's what I want to do. We, we typically spawned, respond rather emotionally or sporadically. I'm going to do something when I'm moved by something. Maybe there's an appeal, maybe there's something that cute little girl at Fall Fest or whatever, right? I mean, that's typically, I mean, we know, but I want to tell you this morning of what we read in the scripture, because I'm so convinced that God's word is true, I want to tell you that we need to have an intentional plan for generosity. I'll be generous, pastor, I'm just, you know, when opportunities come, I'm generous. You know what, the enemy will make sure those opportunities never come. Or you'll be waiting for a different one or a bigger one or something different. Or when I get to that place, pastor, then I'm gonna be generous. Hey, you're not trying to get rich, you already are rich, right? Be rich. So we're there. 
we're there, but we need to have an intentional plan or we just wait to respond emotionally or sporadically. In other words, if we don't really have a plan for generosity, we won't be moved by something. We won't be around to be moved by something. We need to be more intentional. So let me suggest to you a giving strategy, if you will. If I have a a generosity responsibility, then I need a generosity or giving strategy. And all I can do as your pastor or the pastor here is offer a giving strategy to you. But I'm not your Holy Spirit. And it may look different for you and you may see it differently. But you let God speak to you because he's a good, good father. Perfect in all of his ways to you. So he will not steer you wrong. But understand this about our good heavenly father. If you let God speak to you, God will be more about generosity than stingiosity. I just made that word up. I thought it was kind of cool, but anyways, you know my point, right? So let's look in God's word. Let me give you three areas. Let me suggest a plan of generosity. Number one, I will intentionally share my resources. You need to be intentional. I will intentionally share my resources. Your resources are not just your money. That's the biggest part of it, probably, but it's not just your money. Your resources are your car, your house, things that you have. And no, I'm not saying sell your car, sell your home, give it all to the poor, and show everybody how much you love Jesus. He would think, what are you doing? I gave you that car, helped you get that house, right? But there are things that we can do to leverage those things for eternal purposes. Let me give you an example. If you have a DVD player, Leverage it for eternal purposes. What do I mean by that? Have some people over and show God's not dead or whatever. That's a great movie, by the way, isn't it not? Have people over, show that to them, and say if you can pray with them. Have your neighbor. I don't even want to talk to my neighbors. <laughs> well, they may not want to talk to you. I don't know, but hey, great is your reward in heaven if you do. That, okay, we'll put it that way, right? But leverage your things. You got a barbecue pit, have them over for hot dogs. That don't cost much, and then you can share. Can I pray with you about anything? Come on, church, we're here to make a difference in this world. And at the same time, we're relocating some stuff to heaven and making an eternal difference in the hearts and lives of people. So leverage what you have. Give somebody a ride to church. That's why you you have a car. So you can get to work and make money to sow into the kingdom of God. And so you can give people a ride to church. That's really why you have a car, right? So listen, look at all of it as tools to use and leverage for someone's eternity. Amen? And see what God will do. See how God will bless you. You use those things. Uh, use those things. Can, just ask him, can I pray for it? Can I, is there anything I could pray with you about? We have a responsibility to leverage everything for eternal purposes. And you can think of a hundred more than I ever would come up based on what you have. But I'm going to give intentionally some resources. Take a look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. In fact, highlight this one and go back to it many, many times. On the first day of the week, what's the first day of the week? Sunday, technically it's first day of the week. On the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. On the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money. In other words, you weren't supposed to, you aren't supposed to wait for someone to make an appeal. You're supposed to already have decided and set aside a sum of money before you ever come. Thank you. I got one right there. I got a few more in first service, but come on. This is not about the pastor up here trying to get you to give more money. This is about Paul talking to the Corinthian church about you already needed to have decided before you ever got there that you were going to have a plan for generosity. And look at what it says. It says, okay, well, what does that mean? How, how do I do that? It says, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. A sum of money in keeping with your income. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about percentage giving. 
because it's not about equal gifts because some people make more than other people. Well, that's not fair. I just don't make as much as them. It's not going to matter as much. Oh, no, no, no. In the kingdom of God, everything's equal. That's why he put it as a percentage because it's not equal gift. It's equal sacrifice. So the percentage that we see in the Old Testament principle, not law, the Old Testament principle 400 years before the law was a tenth. A tithe is the word. That is the the, the percentage that God established as a principle so we all could have our mind made up, we already would know, wouldn't have to wait for an appeal, we'd come already decided that we're gonna do that and it's equal when we all give a percentage. God's no respecter of persons, is he? No, the Bible says he's not. So I don't take my word for it, take his word, as he's perfect in all of his ways. He set up a perfect system. Man did not create that system, God did. And so understand this is what it's talking about, percentage giving. So the Bible says we're already supposed to have set it aside. I've already decided before we ever get here what I'm going to do with it. And each one's to set aside keeping with his income. That's what it talks about here. And so again, we, we say it this way, there's not equal giving, but there's equal sacrifice. And so when you get to church, it's, it should have already been decided. That doesn't have to be an emotional appeal or anything guilt or presentation or whatever people think it might be. It should already have been decided by you. So here's my suggestion. To prepare for you for eternity and keeping in line with the Bible, become a percentage giver. It's my suggestion. Become a percentage giver. To prepare for eternity and keep in line with the Bible, become a percentage giver. I, I would encourage you to get with your spouse, get with your kids, talk about that. And talk about preparing for the life that is life. Relocating some of it to heaven. See, God has established this principle, God has, and it's applicable for you and I today. So be a percentage giver. Let me give you another option opportunity here. Mission Sunday offering, give offerings. First Sunday of the month today, Mission Sunday. We've designated Mission Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, so we can give above our tithes. You ask the Lord what you're to do. We can do that, be as generous as we can, and that's how we make a difference around the area, the nation, and the world. We do it through giving of offerings. And so it's important for us all to engage in that as well. And so we do that here locally through the Family Life Center. Family Life Center does some great things. You saw on the screen that they're gonna be giving out, we're working with them to give out 500 boxes of food for families, 500 families rather will get a box of food. That's about two weeks worth of groceries for $40. Is there a better bargain anywhere? I'm not an extreme couponer, but that's, that'd be tough to match that because we can buy in bulk. Two weeks worth of food for a family of four for $40. So I would be prepared for, if I'm you to do that, to give into that. My family and I, we do that. I'm just making suggestions. You do what God's speaking to your heart to do. But listen, let's be as generous as we can. You know what that means? That means my family may not eat out one time in a week or a month, really. I mean, for four of us to eat out one time is usually more than $40. If we eat at home, we can eat peanut butter and jelly or whatever and give a family a box of food for two weeks. I'm just saying, let's leverage ourselves for the sake of others. We have been so blessed, amen? And have a plan for that. Have a plan for generosity. Uh, we support uh, missions in all around the world, in particular, uh, Mexico. Next weekend, Pastor Jeff, our sister church, Audible De Vida, will be celebrating their fifth anniversary. Next weekend is their fifth anniversary. Isn't that awesome? It's possible because of your generosity. They keep outgrowing buildings and they're in a new building where they have room to grow and great things are happening. And so fifth anniversary, because of your generosity, you're impacting hundreds if not thousands of lives there in central Mexico. My wife and I, as we just said, got back from India. We got to meet with the 10 missionaries you so generously support every month. In a, in a state in India where there's an anti-conversion law and they're persecuted and they're thrown in jail and beaten, there they are. They're real people. 
living real lives. They have kids, they have wives. They're out there living it, leveraging their life for the gospel's sake. What an honor we have to partner with them. It's an honor, it's not a burden. And it may not be something that just grabs your heart and that's okay, I don't wanna make an a, 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 a appeal or compel you. I, I want you to have a plan that you've already decided so you're not moved by, by man's emotion. But we get to support them. Your generosity makes that possible. I want you everyone to mark November 15th. Say November 15th. There's a gentleman working with Indian Evangelical Team, the group that we uh, work with over there, that's gonna be in the States, he had an opening, so I've asked him to come be here. So Sunday morning, November 15th, his name is Shaji. I can't pronounce his last name, but that's his name right there, first name. And he's gonna be here that Sunday, and he's gonna share from being there, living with the people, living in India, all the dynamics of that. He's gonna, you don't wanna miss it. He's gonna share all that. It's what we get, we're privileged to be a part of. And so I just want, I want you to come out that day. And I want you to pray and be prepared to do something as God speaks to your heart. Because I'm, I'm gonna have an offering taken up that day specifically for the Namadi project, which is what we're doing, we're committed to. And so, but you do what God puts on your heart to do and don't do what he doesn't tell you to do. So you do that. Uh, listen, I'm, uh, I, want to, you to, I want to make known to you places where we're doing work because we know they're good. We know they're reputable. See, here's what I want you to know. We've taken the, the legwork f- for you out of all of this. We've spent time. We know these organizations. See, I'm the one guy, I'm the guy that, that I watch stuff on TV or I get brochures and stuff about buying, buying a, a, a goat for a family or whatever that needs a goat in Africa and I want them to have that, but I don't always feel comfortable and confident that they're gonna get it. But I'm telling you, all the things that we're presenting to you, we have personally invested time and energy to know they're reputable, they're ethical, they're, they're integral in all that they do. So when we take up the missions offering and we'll take up the offering on the 15th, all of that goes directly to those missions, all of it. We don't take a fee out of it. It goes there, amen? And you can trust that it goes there. You know where it goes. I want to be a good steward. I don't want my money to go somewhere where I don't even know if it's gonna get or half of it's gonna get where it needs to go. So we took all the work out of there, so I I wanted to share that with you. Those are ways to have an intentional plan with your resources, and so I want you to know that. And coming up in December, the giving tree to help provide gifts for kids, my wife and my family, we do, I think, two or four kids every every time that comes around. It's a great time to show the love of God for the lost and hurting people. Okay, the second area is this, for an intentional giving strategy, um, share your time. I will intentionally share my time. Share your time. Serve God and serve people. Remember where it said to be generous? It's talking about your money, but it also says be a good deed doer, right? Be generous in good deeds. Serve people. We had 450 people give their time to make an amazing event happen. Here we call it the all-star team. How do you do that here? The all-star team. That's all our volunteers. We can't do what we do without them. They truly are the all-stars. They make it happen. They're small group leaders. There are people parking cars no matter what the weather's like. There, there are people holding babies so moms or dads can sit in here undistracted. There are people on cameras so it can not only be seen on the screen, because really most of you watch the screen, not, most of you don't look up here at me, right? And then so they can go out on the internet and people can watch it all over the world. There are people playing guitar and singing. They have found a place to serve. Your time may even be more valuable than your resources, but it makes an eternal difference. You're relocating things in heaven when you give of your time. Now, if you think you found a home here at Tree of Life, then there needs to be a point where you get out of the stands and on the field and in the game. Why? Because this life is preparation for the next life, and we're sending up, we're relocating treasures in heaven through our resources and our time. 
And there's many opportunities. In fact, we provided a connect center to connect you to a place that you can serve and help impact people's lives. And then one thing I wanna let you know is we're building buildings that the last several, I don't don't know how many weeks, the last several weeks, we've maxed out our nurseries. That's a great problem to have, to a point. But it's not because we don't have manpower and we're building more rooms. In fact, you can see the construction, it was such a long process uh, going through permitting and getting where we can actually do construction, but now it's up and running. So to finish that construction, we have all the money we need for that construction, keep building to the building fund because we're already planning the next phase. But we need people, if you can swing a hammer. You can get out there and carry stuff. If they won't give you sharp objects, carry a piece of wood or something. <laughs> they don't let me do that, right? You can sign up at the Connect Center and we get guys out there they, with manpower. They put that thing together. And it makes our money go farther to steward. But listen, we have a classroom that we can open up, but we haven't had any people to man it or staff it. Now some people have stepped up. Now it can be manned every other week, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to open it up every week. Amen, we got enough people in here. We just need you to serve and use your time. Why? Because you're impacting somebody's life for eternity and you're storing up treasures in heaven. We need to be eternity-minded, more so. Here's what we say here, serve one, worship one. Enjoy a service and be blessed and be ministered to and then create an opportunity for somebody else because the reason why you're getting to do that is other people are out here serving, making it possible so you can enjoy it, amen? And you'll find out if you ask a member of the All-Star team, the service that they love. They love to sit in service. That's their spiritual refreshing. But you know what they love more? The service they serve in. Because there's just something happens when you're touching someone's eternity. There's something happens when you're holding a, a crying baby and a mom is able to sit in here undistracted after the week she's just had. There's something happen when you give yourself in that way. Serving with your time makes a difference. Let me, let me give you another way, outreaches. How you serve with your time, outreaches. Last night was a great example. Egg hunt that comes up in the spring. Family Life Center boxing up 500 boxes and giving them away, delivering gifts. A kids club is another thing that we participate with with the Kamala Independent School District. We need manpower over there serving with those kids. Those are all ways you can get information, Connect Center. I'm just trying to help you with a strategy for eternity. I'm trying to help you pre-decide some things with your resources and with your time. Let me give you the last one. I will intentionally share Christ. I will intentionally share Christ. And almost would be said that goes without saying, but it doesn't happen as much as it should. Because if there is a heaven and a hell, and there is, and you know it, and you're headed there to heaven, and you know a person that you know is not headed to heaven, and you don't say anything, that's a crime. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. It can't be that way. And I understand it's not comfortable doing that. I'll be honest with you, I can speak up in front of crowds and I feel comfortable doing that's my gift, but I have a real hard time. It's hard for me to get outside of my comfort zone and go one-to-one and sit with someone and share Christ. Now, that sounds funny, but that's just me. I don't, I don't know why it is that way. And it may be that way for you. And you may be the best at it and you may just freak out being up here. <laughs> but it, it, it may be, I, I don't know, but here's what I know we all can do. We can all invite somebody to church. We pray, we work hard, we leverage your resources, your time to create a moment, an environment, an encounter so people can come to know Jesus. We're not doing church for church people, we're doing church for those who don't know Jesus, amen? And we're leveraging everything we can to create that environment and that moment so someone's life will be changed forever, for eternity. And we're asking you to invite people. I mean, you may not be the one that will go street witnessing or what that, again, that's, that's hard for me, but, but everyone can invite somebody. And then leave the rest up to Jesus. 
Let the worship team create a moment there. Let the word come and touch and penetrate the life. Let the Holy Spirit tug on their hearts and then keep one eye open and watch them out of the corner of your eye. Even though I say bow your head, close your eye, you have my permission to open one and look. And when their hand goes up and their lives change forever for eternity, they're like, yes! Yes! That's what it's all about. Invite them. This is the best time of the year to invite people. I mean, I know we got Easter, but hey, listen, right now, people are hurting holidays. People are busy. People are discouraged. And we got Thanksgiving things coming up. We have holiday things coming up. We got Christmas coming up. Most people won't turn down a Christmas program. They won't turn down a candlelight service. Come on. The guest cookout ways that the men's uh, chili cook-off at the ball game. Listen, guys, invite people. We can all do that. And then leave the rest up to the Holy Spirit. Invite them to church. And here I'll say this. Invite them to church and clear your schedule whenever that is. And if they want to come first service and you come to second service, come to first service. If they want to come to second and you go to first, go to second. Switch your serving opportunity. Give them enough notice. And then you know what you need to do? You need to, if you're sitting in the front, sit in the back. It's anointed back there too. Right? You're just out of the splash zone. And so... <laughs> What you do is, I'll save you some seats. Meet me out there by the Welcome Center. Come in these glasses, you see all these cafe tables, you see Welcome Meet me out there. And you know what, invite them to church. I invite them to church and invite them to lunch afterwards. Who's gonna turn down a free lunch on you? Not me. <laughs> I just, take it how you want. Uh, people aren't gonna typically turn out, you know what I'm saying? Take all the excuses out of it. We'll pick you up. We'll wait for you right there. We'll already have seats saved. That's okay, your first time, we'll sit towards the back. No big deal. We'll take you to lunch afterwards. We'll go have a, a good visit, a good time. There's a great investment right there. Whatever you would spend on lunch, I'm telling you what, you double it up with another family, they're talking about an eternal investment. There is no greater investment, amen? So those are things that we can do. I, all I wanna do is just give you a, some suggestions for a plan for generosity. Have a predetermined plan. I need to wrap this up, so why do we do all that? Jesus said so. And let me say this, and I, I sometimes have a hard time being hard I mean, I want to say the truth in love because I need to as your pastor. But you know, Jesus didn't have any problem with it. Jesus told it like it was. And really, on a lot of things, he says it a lot harder than I do. I kind of try to make him feel so bad or pray about it or okay, but you know, Jesus doesn't mess around. So let's take a look at what he says. Matthew 6, 19 says this. Do not, say do not. Hey, it doesn't get any more strong than that. Don't do it. Do not. There's no mistaking or understanding or what maybe there's, there's a hidden meeting there or is there really an option, a choice? No, Jesus comes right out and says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust, one translation, and vermin destroy, where they won't last and where thieves break in and steal because an enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, do not do that. And then he goes on to say, do this. There's no messing around with Jesus. Don't do this and do this. Do store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin cannot destroy, where it cannot be stolen from you. It cannot be taken from you. It will not deteriorate or go away. It will be there for you for eternity. He says to do that. I mean, Jesus doesn't mess around. Don't do it and do it. Store it up in heaven. In other words, there'll be a day you stand before God and you'll be so glad you did. You'll be so glad. And you'll remember this day and you'll thank me. And you'll tell God to give me an extra crown. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sending as much on ahead as I can. Okay. Luke 12. Luke 12. Listen to this. Jesus sharing the story, verse 16. 
And he told them this parable, a story. I want you to understand this, so I'm gonna make it so you can understand. He says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. It was blessed, that's awesome. And he thought to himself, what shall I do with all this? I have no place to store my crops. I just got an abundant harvest. Then he said this, then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And there I'll store my surplus of grain. I had extra, now I have extra, extra. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Live it up for this present age. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. You know what I love about that passage right there? He wasn't calling the man a fool for having extra stuff. He had extra stuff, and he, but he thought he had extra time. And God said he's a fool. But not for being rich, but for not knowing what to do with his riches. Did you get that? He wasn't a fool for being rich, but he was a fool for not knowing what to do with his riches. And he had extra stuff, but he also thought he had extra time. We need to be living for eternity every single day. This life is preparation for the next. I want to be a good pastor, so I want to teach you the Bible. I want you to see this. So don't be rich towards yourselves, but be rich towards God. And to do that, realize that this life is not about this life. We have to use this life to move as much as we can from earth to heaven. So we share our resources, our time, and we share Christ because this life is preparation for the next life. And if we will get a revelation of that and get our line, our lives in line with God's word who is perfect in all his ways, we will be blessed not only here but in the coming age, which is eternity. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My hope, my prayer was to help us see that eternity is what most, is most important and lives matter most. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.